Hi, and welcome back to Reflect Forward. I'm your host, Carrie Siggins, and I am so glad you are here today. Today, we are going to talk about how to reduce anxiety. So if you're like me, you might be feeling a little bit of anxiety. Um, it's the time of year, budgeting, forecasting, strategic planning, trying to figure out where the end of the year is going to end up. And then with all of the world events going on, it can be overwhelming. And I recently almost felt like I was having a panic attack and I've never had a panic attack, but I was stuck in traffic, which is saying a lot because I live in a small town of roughly 20,000 people. Although so many people have moved here since all of the rearranging of lives that people did after COVID. But we have a ton of road construction going on here and traffic was insane. And I was incredibly annoyed. No, not even annoyed. Annoyed wasn't the right word. I was pissed off. I was angry. I was upset. I was late to pick up my son from golf practice and he gets nervous every time I'm late for something, which causes him to beg me for an iPhone, which is a hard no because he's 10 years old. But I knew all of this was going to create more stress for him, which created more stress for me. Plus, I was still reeling from the horrifying images that you see on the news with the conflict between Israel and Hamas. And It just felt like too much. And quite frankly, all the things that are going on in the world, they weigh on me. They sometimes scare me. And even though I have no control over them, I can't help but just add on top of that never-ending to-do list and the pressure and desire I have to be a great mom and a great wife and to make sure that I'm not letting people down. To be honest, I even thought about Googling, like, how do you know if civilization is ending, which is silly, but... That is how I felt. When I got home after getting my son from golf practice and getting back through traffic, I told my husband, Ryan, we need to buy a generator. We need to buy a food growing dome. I don't know if the end of the world is coming, but I just feel so much anxiety. And he replied, well, getting a growing dome and a generator is probably not a bad idea just for all of the extreme weather events that we have, but you need to take some deep breaths and why don't you stop reading the news? I sat down at my desk trying to calm my brain down, but I was still just disoriented and upset and I couldn't focus. My brain was just spinning on the frustration of sitting in traffic and wondering what's happening to my beautiful small town and the stress of being late to pick up my son and the weight of all the world issues that are going on. And I just couldn't concentrate. So after sitting there for about 15 minutes of spinning, I said, okay, enough is enough. I have got to get my thoughts and emotions under control. Being this agitated is not healthy. It's not sustainable. I don't like the way I feel. I want to feel good. So what can I do to help myself right now? Feeling anxious is pretty much the norm for most of us. And I think that we're teaching the body that living in this constant state of stress is okay. But we know that living in a constant state of stress is not okay. It wreaks havoc on us. It wreaks havoc on our physical well-being, our mental health. It damages relationships. It makes us less effective at our jobs. So what do you do in these moments when you are feeling really anxious, when you're a busy entrepreneur or executive or leader, uh, parent, human being? (laughs) What do you do in those moments? So this is what I did after I finally said enough is enough. First, I said, what is one stressor that I can control and remove it right now. The news. 
I can stop reading the news. So I immediately went in and I deleted the news apps that I have and I committed to quitting read, reading the news for a month. So I am in the process of not reading the news, which is very difficult for me. But even just after a couple of days, I feel so much better. Right? I don't watch the news on TV for the most part. I get most of my news. I try to read a broad range. So I get a holistic view of what's going on, or at least a lot of different sources so that I can try to piece together what is possibly the truth in what's going on, if that's even possible anymore. But overall, even reading the news creates stress. So I can do that. I can control that by quitting reading the news. So that has been a huge game changer for me. It's incredible how much better I feel when I am not cramming my brain with doom and gloom, doom scrolling over things that I have zero control over. So I would encourage you to do the same. Ask yourself, what's one thing that I can control right now? How can I remove one stressor from my life? And that's how you start getting your anxiety under control. Second, I went for a walk. And then while I was walking, I listened to fun music that made me want to sing along. While I was walking, I tried to stay present in the moment. I was watching the clouds go by in the sky and watching the wind blow the grass along the side of the road that I was walking on. I took deep breaths, exhaling loudly, listening to the music that I was, breathing in fresh air, and that calmed me. It's amazing what moving your body can do, taking deep breaths while staying present in the moment. So if you're feeling anxious, Go out for a walk. Listen to something that you enjoy listening to, something that makes you happy, something that reduces your stress, and be present. Take deep breaths and watch the world around you. There's no happier moment than the present moment, even if things are wild outside of it, because we are focused on what's happening right now, putting one foot in front of the other, listening to music that makes you happy. Then third, when I got home, I said, okay, I have to get two things done off of my to-do list. And that's it. If I get those two things done today, I will feel like I had a productive day. I won't be frustrated about the spinning that I did or sitting in traffic uh, that I did. So the rest of them can wait till tomorrow. So I don't stress myself out about it. I picked two things that were relatively stress-free to get them off of my to-do list so that I could check out for the rest of the evening and not stress. And what that did is it helped me feel accomplished, but it took the pressure off of me feeling like I had to get all the things done that were on my list that I was unable to get done because I wasted a bunch of time in traffic and my brain wouldn't work because I was feeling so anxious. Those little micro achievements, those can give you a sense of accomplishment, especially when you're feeling anxious and you can let yourself off the hook from having to do everything that's on it. It's okay if you just get those two things done. The rest of it can wait till tomorrow. It can wait till next week. There's always more work to be done than there is time in a day. And if you give yourself a little bit of grace and cut yourself a little bit of slack, especially when you're feeling anxious, that will really help. So just pick two things that you wanna get done and let the rest go until the next day. And then fourth, I committed to getting a good night's sleep. After I cooked a healthy dinner for my family, I took a bath, I drank some nice relaxing tea, I skipped a glass of wine, that's usually my go-to when I'm stressed, but I wanted to make sure that I slept well, so I drank a nice hot cup of sleepy time tea, my favorite, listened to a guided meditation, and I turned the lights out by 9 p.m. The next day, I felt so much better. 
while I still want a growing dome, I've always wanted a growing dome, even though I don't grow things. In fact, I kill most green things. I don't know how my plants live in my house, probably because my mom helps me by watering them once a week. I still want that, but I was okay with foregoing that generator. I thought about looking at the news, but I didn't. I've kept my promise to myself of stop reading the news and I felt so much more refreshed. I slept eight hours, I worked out in the morning, and I even picked up a book to read instead of reading the news just to inspire me. I still haven't read the news. I'm going on about two weeks now and I feel remarkably better. I am going to try really hard to not go back to that addiction of endless doom scrolling, endlessly staying in that news cycle that keeps us in fear, that keeps us worried about things that are out of our control, all for the name of profits. I've been meditating. I love to meditate. I'm not wasting time reading the news and I'm reading books instead of the news, which is significantly better for my brain and for my personal and professional development. So these are things that you can do too. You can remove one controllable source of stress. You can move your body outside, staying present, breathing in fresh air. Pick two things that you want to get done, get them done and let the rest go and then get a good night's sleep. Those are my tips for when you're feeling really anxious in the moment of how to reduce it. I know that seems simple, but it is. Simple does not mean that it's easy, but if you are successful one day, you can build on top of that. You know, you need to be able to give yourself a break when you are feeling anxious like that, that really significant anxiety. So practice it. It helps you create those new patterns and habits that will help you start to feel better. And then of course, if your anxiety is feeling like it's out of control, go talk to somebody. This is not meant to be professional advice. This is just in my own experience, but of course, please, please, please talk to somebody if your anxiety is feeling like it is getting out of control. So many professionals out there can help with that. So hopefully those tips will help you in those moments when you're like, ah, ha, 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 I can't take it anymore. Uh, they too will pass, but you can help it by doing those four things to make it pass faster. Okay, on to my question of the week. My question of the week comes from an employee who said, Carrie, you're such a good listener. I always feel like you're really paying attention to everything I say. How do I become a better listener? That is a great question. I have been honing my listening skills for years and years and years because I do want to be a good listener. Not only do I want the person to feel heard, but I also want to make sure that I'm picking up on the nuances, those nonverbal cues that you get from people. And you can't do that if you're not listening. And that's really important because it helps you understand a situation more deeply. It helps you be able to pick up on maybe the things that aren't being said. It helps you make better decisions. And that's why being a good listener is a worthwhile skill to try to improve. So here are my suggestions if you want to be a better listener. First, give your full attention to somebody. Right? Don't have your phone out. Put away your distractions like your phone or your laptop. Make eye contact and show that you are fully engaged in the conversation. Like in last week's podcast where my guest talked about where he gets up and walks out from behind his desk and sits down at his table in his office to talk to anyone who comes into his office. That's awesome. That is such a good way to show people that you are fully engaged and not going to be distracted by that little bing when an email comes in and you even just glance at it to see who it is. That means that you're not fully paying attention. So remove yourself from those distractions. Two, practice empathy. 
you really want to try to understand the person you're talking to. You want to understand their perspective and their feelings. You want to empathize with them. And so if you're really listening to them and you're saying, I'm practicing empathy, I want to be engaged with what they're telling me so that I can be empathetic, it will help you be a better listener and show that you truly care. This is my favorite one, ask open-ended questions. Asking questions does two things. One, it causes you to stay engaged in the conversation. And two, it shows the person that you care, that you are listening, that you are curious. So you can stay in meaningful, engaged dialogue by asking open questions that invite more elaboration and more reflection upon what you're talking about. I call it pulling the thread, right? As you ask questions, well, what did you mean by that? You know, explain that. How did that make you feel? That allows you to deepen the conversation, to kind of pull at the thread of the conversation. Number four, avoid interrupting. That is the easiest way to show that you are not listening, right? If you interrupt, it means that you have stopped listening to what the person is saying and that you are more interested in blurting out what you want to say. So resist that urge to interrupt or interject your your thoughts, your ideas, your opinions prematurely. Let them, let that, whoever's talking finish what they're saying, and then you can give your input into the conversation. Use nonverbal cues. This is a good one. Your body language tells a person a lot of things. So nodding, mirroring the person's expressions, that shows that you're interested and you're engaged. If you are Looking away, if your arms are crossed, that's telling a person that you're not really interested or that you're not really listening. So pay attention to your body language. Another good way is to reflect and summarize. Um, I do this especially when a person is giving me feedback or is making a request. I just want to paraphrase what I thought I heard you say so that I get it correct. Then I repeat what I heard. And this shows that you are really truly trying to make sure that you understand and have processed what they have just shared with you correctly. And then that way they can correct you if you're wrong. That's a really powerful way. So by saying, I just want to summarize what I heard can really help you be a better listener and, and show that person that you're engaged. My next tip is manage your response, especially in high stakes conversations. What you say really matters. Even in non high stakes conversations, what you say matters. You've got to be thoughtful in how you respond. So pause, take a moment to consider your words carefully. If you react impulsively, especially in high pressure situations, you're going to say something that you don't want to say to show that you're being a good listener and that you want to stay in dialogue, manage that response. And then finally, if you want to be a better listener, Ask for feedback about your listening skills. Call up a colleague or a teammate and ask them, do you feel like I'm a good listener? What can I do to be a better listener? How can I show you that I am actively listening to what you're saying? Constructive input can absolutely help you improve your listening skills further. Being a better listener is a valuable skill and is absolutely something you can improve on if you practice it, if you are very intentional about being a better listener. And when you are a good listener, it elevates your leadership skills. People want to work with people who they trust, who they feel are a good communicator, who they feel hear and see them. And when you have people who are open and honest with you and you're really hearing what they say, you make better decisions. So don't be afraid to dedicate the time to be a better listener. Don't be afraid to ask for feedback. It will benefit you. It'll benefit your team. It'll benefit the organization. It creates a much more inclusive and collaborative work environment, which improves your culture. Remember, great leaders 
don't just speak. They listen actively and attentively. Okay, that is this episode of Reflect Forward for this week. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope this was some valuable information in this podcast. Um, If you like this podcast, please write a review, subscribe to it, share it with a friend. It helps with the algorithms, and I so appreciate it. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next week.